0: This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Reed Pence. This week, reasons beyond the obvious why osteoporosis is increasing.
1: It's been clear that the numbers of people with osteoporosis has been increasing, largely because more and more of the U.S. population is aging.
0: Why some people say no to osteoporosis treatment when Radio Health Journal returns.
1: I'm Nancy Benson, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show. Here's a preview of what they're covering on Viewpoints this week.
2: This week on Viewpoints.
0: If you're unfaithful, it's a death sentence and it'll be your father or your brother or your son that kills you. The Andrangheta, Italy's most powerful mafia no one's ever heard of. Then, how educators can teach students to cut through fake news. These stories in depth this
2: week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.
1: Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station, iTunes, and Stitcher.
0: America is an aging country. By the year 2030, all baby boomers will be 65 or older. That's probably why we're seeing a big increase in osteoporosis. Dr. Sandeep Kosla is a professor of medicine at the Mayo Clinic College of Medicine.
3: Because it is associated with aging and the population of the U.S., and in fact the world itself is aging, the prevalence of osteoporosis is increasing substantially over time. And so the societal cost of fractures is going to continue to increase almost exponentially in the next 25 to 50 years.
1: Osteoporosis is a condition which is the result of bone loss typically as people age. In women, it's due to the fact that the loss of estrogen after menopause causes a change in bone metabolism whereby bone is lost. More is removed than is able to be put back, so there's bone loss. And that changes the structure of the bone to some degree, making it weaker and therefore more likely to break.
0: That's Dr. Ethel Cyrus, director of the Tony Stabile Osteoporosis Center at New York Presbyterian Hospital and Columbia University Medical Center. She says one of the most common yet damaging fractures from osteoporosis is a hip fracture. Researchers say about 20 to 30 percent of patients die within a year following a hip fracture. Another 50 percent of patients with hip fractures will never be able to move around again like they once did.
1: Hip fractures can be quite devastating. People tend to break their hips because of osteoporosis when they're in their late 70s, early 80s and up. So the folks who can least afford to break a hip, the hip being the uppermost part of the thigh bone, when you break your hip, you must have surgery. You get admitted to a hospital, they have to operate on you. If you're already fairly old and you have other comorbidities medically and you're not in such wonderful shape, you get the operation, which typically people survive, but not always. And then you wind up having to go into either a nursing home or a rehab facility or go home in a wheelchair, and it takes a while to be able to get back to your baseline if you ever can go back to your baseline.
0: While osteoporosis is most often found in those who are older, especially postmenopausal women, there are other factors that can also lead to osteoporosis that are important to know.
3: Certain medications cause accelerated bone loss and increased risk of fractures, and the dominant one there is corticosteroids or steroids that are used for asthma, not so much the inhaled steroids, but uh, intravenous or the steroid pills that patients have to take for you know, asthma or rheumatoid arthritis or various inflammatory bowel diseases and so forth. And then the list gets a little bit smaller after that. Taking too much thyroid hormone can cause osteoporosis. Young women, excessive dieting and weight loss, such as anorexia nervosa, is associated with osteoporosis. So there's a whole list of other causes, but the two big ones are aging and menopause.
0: Despite the nation's increasing population of people over the age of 50, fewer adults at risk of advanced bone loss and fractures are actually undergoing tests for it. And less bone density testing means decreasing diagnosis and treatment of osteoporosis.
1: It's really quite fascinating. When bone density testing first became available, and you have to understand it's a machine that you lie down on fully clothed and a scanning arm goes over your spine and then over your hips. And sometimes we have the patient sit up and we do the arm as well. It's painless, it takes about 10-15 minutes. It involves an x-ray technician. It's a long, you know, table-type machine that you need a small room to put it into. The machine's had a certain price. And you could lease them as opposed to buy them. But back when they were first becoming available, Medicare reimbursed about $150 for the test, which was great because it cost about $75, $80 to perform the test.
0: However, Cyrus says when Medicare sharply reduced its rate of payment to providers, the test quickly became much less available to patients.
1: It turns out that there are fewer machines out there and there are fewer people being tested. And part of it is probably this whole reimbursement issue. And it's very unfortunate because it's an important test, which is a little harder to get to.
0: At the same time, research started to come out that scared patients away from drug treatment for osteoporosis. Those studies reported two uncommon bone problems in connection with long-term uses of those drugs. One is a fracture of the femur, the thigh bone. The other is osteonecrosis, an even more rare condition where the jawbone begins to weaken and die. Experts say the widely publicized hazards of bone-preserving drugs deterred people at risk of fractures from drug treatment.
1: We learned recently, and I was a part of the study that showed this, that the rates of hip fracture in the aging population, which had been declining in the era when we were testing and treating, and that meant that they were declining from the late 90s through the mid-2000s, sometime around 2013, this declining rate of hip fracture began to completely level off. And we've guessed, we can't prove it, but we've guessed that a good part of the reason for that has to do with the fact that fewer people are being tested, therefore fewer people at risk are being diagnosed, fewer people are being prescribed medication, and fewer of the people being prescribed medication are actually taking it, And the ability that we had to lower the number of people with hip fractures seems to be disappearing and the rates are leveling off and perhaps they'll go back up.
0: Cyrus says the decline of testing is creating a crisis in the treatment of osteoporosis. But Kosla says there are a lot more options these days to treat this condition with great effectiveness.
3: We have a number of drugs that are very effective in reducing the risk of fractures. These include four bisphosphonates, sort of the prototypic drug for that is fosamax or alendronate but there are three other drugs that are in the same category there's another medication called prolia that you take by injection under the skin every 6 months there's two additional drugs teriparatide and abaloparatide which actually increase the amount of bone that you have as opposed to just stopping bone loss so there's been huge progress and it's a disease that you know is very treatable and in some cases even reversible.
0: For patients who are still afraid of these drugs, and there are many, Kosla and Cyrus say the risks of side effects from this treatment are rare.
3: I think a lot can be done to minimize the side effects. The good news is that, you know, we do have a number of very effective drugs. The concern is that they're not being used appropriately because patients are just shying away from them for concern out of these side effects. And we continue to learn how to best use those tools or drugs to minimize side effects. But because of the concerns that patients and many primary care physicians have
1: and the bad media press that many of these drugs have gotten, it's really an uphill struggle. Today, most of us, if we're going to give a drug like Fosamax, which is now generic, or one of the other oral bisphosphonates or even the intravenous bisphosphonate, we usually treat people for... Maybe five years with the orals, maybe three years with the intravenous, and then we almost always give a holiday, during which time the bone has a chance to reboot a little bit, making the risk of something like jaw necrosis or the other side effect, which is a very rare, unusual, funny kind of thigh bone fracture in the mid thigh that's kind of transverse across the thigh bone, something that takes a few days to weeks to develop. Those two side effects are really a function of either the dose or the duration of dosing.
0: Now doctors are aware of these problems and can prescribe to patients properly.
1: Today we would give somebody a shorter course of therapy. Some people went on Fosamax 20 years ago and they stayed on it for 15 years. We don't do that. We give it for five years. We typically give a holiday during which time the amount of drug they've already gotten helps the bones and continues to help the bones for a period after stopping. Eventually after three years, after four years, sometimes sooner, The drug wears off, and if you still have significantly low bone density, you may want to go back on the drug for a while or change to a different drug. This is what we try to do. We try to tailor it to the patient. But there's no question that if you've had a course of bisphosphonate, you should continue to be monitored because you may, down the road after having stopped, Need to go back on it for a while.
0: Kosala says taking the right precautionary steps can help prevent an epidemic of broken bones as baby boomers continue to grow
3: older. Educating primary care physicians and patients that if there's new onset of groin or hip pain in a patient who's been on one of these medications for a long time, that needs to be brought to prompt medical attention and further studies such as x rays need to be done to make sure that the patient isn't developing atypical fracture of the
0: hip. Since osteoporosis usually affects those who are older, it's crucial to treat the disease sooner rather than later. Hip fractures associated with osteoporosis often complicate other health difficulties a patient might have, and that can lead to critical conditions.
3: In the case of hip fracture, you know, that's associated with a significant mortality over the first year. Now, some of that is because the people that get hip fractures often have other diseases, But in the context of those diseases, the hip fracture is the thing that kind of tips them over. And, you know, they then get infections in the hospital or other complications and then never really make it out of the hospital. And then another subset that make it out of the hospital end up having to go to a nursing home or assisted care and can never really go back to independent living. The other fractures, the vertebral fractures, are not directly associated with increased mortality but they cause considerable pain and discomfort and deformity of the spine.
0: Better education about osteoporosis for primary care doctors and treating this condition case by case can make a huge difference for patients and lower their risk of fractures.
1: So I think we can be very intelligent about doing the best we can to be prudent, to treat, to give holidays with bisphosphonates as appropriate, and keep most people out of trouble. Now, that means... Tolerance and safety are quite good. Now, obviously, even if we're perfect in how we do this, and I don't know if we're ever perfect, we are not eliminating the risk of fracture if somebody's got bad osteoporosis. What we're doing is dramatically lowering the likelihood of fracture so that we're making a real difference. But nothing is perfect.
0: And Cyrus says drug treatment isn't the only way you can prevent injury. Most people can lower the risk of fractures themselves, even if they suffer from severe osteoporosis.
1: The third part of the picture is don't fall, because really the overwhelming majority of fractures, the problem is that there's a weak bone, and if you fall down, you might break it. If you never fall down, there are a whole bunch of bones you'll never break. So how do you not fall? I think that's a two-part answer. One is, to the best of your ability, stay in the best physical shape you can stay in. Be as strong in terms of your muscles and balance and coordination as you're able to be, given who you are. That helps you be less likely to fall. And the other part of it is mindfulness, is paying attention, is walking down the street and not texting while you're doing it. It's paying attention to the street you're walking on. It's not being in too much of a hurry. If you find yourself rushing at age 72 to cross a busy highway, you want to run across the street, don't do that. Wait for the light to change and walk across. If you find yourself rushing, slow down a little bit.
0: You can find out more about all of our guests on our website, RadioHealthJournal.net. You'll find archives of our shows there, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher. Our program was written this week by Ariana Craft.
2: I'm Reed Pence. Do you often misplace your keys, forget names, or lose your train of thought? You may be one of over 10 million Americans with undiagnosed MCI, or mild cognitive impairment. The Banner Alzheimer's Institute estimates 65% of MCI patients eventually develop dementia. But the good news, according to Ohio State University neurologist Dr. Douglas Share, is...
1: While well, there's currently no cure for Alzheimer's disease, the most common type of dementia... The earlier we detect mild cognitive impairment, the better chance we have to treat it and delay progression of the disease.
2: Fortunately, there's now a 15-minute at-home screening test called BrainTest, clinically validated to detect MCI. And for a limited time, you can receive a 30-day free trial to Brain Test by visiting Braintest.com. The sooner you screen, the more treatment options available. So don't delay. Again, for your 30-day free trial, visit Braintest.com. That's Braintest.com.
0: Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.